Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, so, I have someone great in my team. His name is Diego. Uh, and Diego did something really funny. A lot of people were asking where is our content. It's a bit messy. If you want to follow us, Nicola or me from the family, it's really hard because we have all this brand and we do also conference and talk for other people. So Yago did the hard work of creating a website. Uh, you can go on www.didalium.com if you don't know how to write that, I'm sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, uh, and doing that work, Yago wants to connect me more uh, with you guys, our incredible and lovely community. Uh, and to do so, Yago is collecting questions on multiple social networks and is going to, do, to be my monthly interviewer. So, thank you, Yago. Thank you, thank you for coming. So, uh, we received more than 100 questions okay. if we compile of the social media. So, I've picked up a, a few of them because obviously, if we, if we answer all of them, we'll be here until, I don't know, tomorrow yeah. or... Okay. So, there are three main themes. Uh, surprisingly, people want to know about uh, food yeah. and your favorite restaurant. So, we're going to talk about that. Also about entrepreneurship, obviously. And, and I picked up some unusual questions that maybe you have some interesting uh, answers to. Okay. So, yeah, let's crack let's on. Let's go, let's yeah. go. What do you, you want to answer first? Entrepreneurship, unusual... Food. Uh, let's food. start with food. Let's go. Let's what, do food. What the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, I think... Is it because I'm fat, so people are like, this guy loves to eat? Is <laughs> No, because I think they know you go to really cool restaurants. So, uh, most of them want to know your top 10 restaurants in Paris right now. Uh, my top 10? Yeah, or maybe your top most... 10. Uh, so, uh, funny thing, first, I cook a lot at home, and I like to cook, and I like to have chef coming at home. So we have a great chef at the family, but I have also chef from friends and we have a startup called uh, weareona.com .co, sorry, weareona.co and uh, this guy knows all the best chef in France so I'd, I'm lucky enough to do a lot of private party <laughs> and so I have like all this young amazing chef coming to my so house. So the top restaurant is your so house. Actually, <laughs> actually the top restaurant is my house so that's, that's for the first thing. Then um, there is an incredible restaurant you will put the address in uh, called Le Captain. <coughs> young chef, uh, uh, very surprising food, a bit of fusion between Asia and French, uh, lot of um, old vegetables, uh, five minutes walking from the family. It's very convenient. Yeah, it's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> you like it. It's, it's convenient for me to go there. Uh, then in the top category of restaurant, three star, uh, a restaurant, actually, you know, because I bring you there, uh, work at the family and you will go to great resort. <laughs> it's L'Arpège from my friend Alain Passard. <coughs> so the Arpège is very expensive. Uh, if you come to Paris, it's one of the best experiences you can have because it's casual three-star. One of the problems with three-star restaurant is that is, we have like this very rigid service and, and Alain has this culture where it's, it's fancy but not all the fancy. Um, you, can, you can eat in a great environment. Then uh, I, there is a Japanese restaurant that I love. Um, I don't know if I want to give this address because it's small. 
<laughs> so don't go too much. <laughs> uh, um, what's the name of this fucking restaurant? Uh, um, Yo Yokuda? Yeah, so Yokuda Sushi. Um, uh, and, and then uh, there is a lot of uh, small uh, new generation of chefs. Carbon is a very good example of people uh, cooking with fire. Uh, and, and, and outside Paris, the best restaurant I did in my life that I've been for me like a revelation and a religious experience is Noma. And I think in every restaurant, what I look for now is something that is that simple, that casual, but that extraordinary in food. I'm so tired of, of places that think really high of themselves when actually they don't have that much creativity. I'm looking for people that are real, that are bold, uh, and that make food that, you know, really stuck you like you're like oh my god i didn't know i can eat something like is that is that what you see on in ona yeah that's that's what i see in ona uh, lucas was um, uh, the sommelier at uh, at noma and and he's bringing this like like for example i don't like fish that much mm -hmm. the first restaurant he opened in lisbon is a fish restaurant i went three days in a row eating fish there <laughs> Because it's the best fish I had in my life. And that's, that's what great food is about. It's about making you forget what you eat and be able to eat whatever they cook you. And it's quite unusual, no, that Ona is, is in the family. Like, what, what's the story and what do you see in that company? So Ona, is a, for me, is a very ambitious startup, uh, doing something very traditional. is, is helping chefs opening restaurants that are not restaurants. I mean, the problem with restaurant is that it's a real estate business and real estate is a pain. It's big, it's heavy, it's costly, it's recurring. If you take the chef and tell them, look, this is a temp place. You have it for five months, six months. Then they can use all their creativity. And, and you have to be honest, food, you get bored of everything. So if it doesn't change all the time, you don't have this amazing experience. Like, it's really hard to go 10 years in a restaurant. You want... You, you want to change. Okay, so what do you prefer, ta taboule or hummus? Uh, taboule, hummus, uh, hummus. Hummus? Yeah. <laughs> hummus is life. <laughs> life is hummus. Life is hummus. <laughs> okay, so uh, th there are a lot of people who want to know a bit more about uh, your past experience. More the, so, uh, for example, uh, what happened in, in the US and and how was it and what were the, the main lessons that you learned there? Yeah, so uh, to be honest, not that much because I was not really working and, and I had a really great time, but, but it was a time where I was looking for myself. So I was not in this hardcore mode. Uh, what the US provided me is that I met people that really know how to do startups and they were an inspiration for me because I realized that everyone I knew in startup in France was shitty compared to them. And, and that, you know, kind of set the bar. And, and, you know, having them and knowing them and meeting them, uh, even casually, helped me redefine what ambition is and understand that what happened in Silicon Valley can happen anywhere. But in terms of direct lesson, everything is possible. Uh, I mean, America teaches us that. Trump is a good example of that. 
um, by itself, by the way. Uh, the, also, I think that the U.S. have this very interesting thing where in the U.S. everything is about efficiency and empowerment. <coughs> so if you can be more efficient, you are free to do it. And if you can um, be more empowered to be more efficient, it creates a cycle of, of like a viral cycle. Like empowerment creates efficiency, efficiency creates empowerment. In France, usually in business, we have no efficiency and no empowerment. Like that's a traditional business world in France. And I think America teach me that it was wrong. If you want to be successful, you need to be very efficient. You need to aim for efficiency. And you need to have your people empowered and free because freedom is the value that builds empires. Like, like scale is built on freedom. So the biggest lesson I took from the US is the fact that freedom is everything. Uh, was that like the, the foundations to what you, you did after with the, the family? Yeah, I think to sum up my experience in the US, I love that. I hate my personal life, food, girls, all of that. And I was like, okay, I need to go back in Europe and I need to bring that in Europe, but not in the American way, but from Europe, from the ground and put this anything is possible philosophy and build from that. Mm -hmm. And well, drawing on that, there, there is uh, one person that was asking himself, uh, uh, what is the motto that any entrepreneur <coughs> must not forget? A motto that has to be there all the time. Find your own motto. <laughs> there, is there is nothing universal. The only thing universal is that you need to think for yourself. You need, you need to be independent. If you are not fucking independent, you are not an entrepreneur. You, you need to love freedom. If you follow role models, apply everything you hear, you, you, are, you, are, you, know, you, are, you are submissive. Submission is not an entrepreneurial energy. Domination is. Freedom is. You need to fight. You need to take hit. You need to take risk. You need to feel that risk in your, in your thing. And, and by the way, even if you're the most risk entrepreneur, we are not risking that much. We're not risking our life. I mean, recently I was giving conference to military people in France, like to the school of war. It's where the top military are. And, and the title of the conference was like risk taker with Usama Amar. And it was two days after having two French military killed because we tried to save Ostage. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. And I arrived there, I saw the title, I saw these people, and I felt bad. I felt like, okay, we created this funny thing called language, and in this language, we use the word risk in the same way to describe what Usama Amar tell you to do as an entrepreneur, take risk, be a warrior, and actual warrior that take risk. They put the fucking life in line for us. We don't. I mean, nobody, I don't think someone wants to kill me. Huh? And if someone wants to kill me, please come. I invite you to Noma. We have a talk. You know? <laughs> like, there is no big, big deal, big challenge in everything we do. Like, okay, you, you go and you fundraise and you lose the money. Yeah, but you don't lose the people you love. You don't lose yourself. 
I mean, all of that is unimportant. What is important is that we have this very funny thing that is the same word. And let's say risk in entrepreneurship, we don't call that risk, but we call that, let's invent a word like uh, uh, ratoon. It's, yeah, you should take more ratoon. Yeah, sure, I love ratoon. <laughs> then people maybe will not be, you know, like that big deal because this world is an illusion. Entrepreneurial risk is about putting yourself in line in a very safe way because you don't risk anything else than money and money is not that important. Uh, talking about money, there were some people just asking themselves, okay, so if I'm ready to put everything on the table for, uh, for my project, why not putting my own money? What, what do you think about that? Uh, I think you should never put your own money. I think, I think building a project should be about putting your work, putting your life, and you should put your money at risk in the project of other people. But it will be smarter to put your money in others and, and your work in the money of others because it creates accountability. It's very counterintuitive. But if you put your own money, you are not accountable to anyone because you are just accountable to yourself. That's why we invested money in the family when we had because I don't want to be accountable for anyone. <laughs> and so when, when someone is like, ah, I'm not happy, blah, blah, is like, I'm, I'm, fuck you, I don't care, because I have my money too. So if I do it for my money, I do it for it. And I think that should come with experience, but first time entrepreneur, they should not put their money. They should, they should even if they have family money or personal money or work money, they should keep that to live or keep that to help other people risk. And they should make themselves accountable and find a way to make money. I get it. Okay, maybe we've gone a bit uh, too serious, so let's uh, let's chill out. So a we bit. go into the weird question now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay, what do you think about the ending of Game of Thrones? Oh, <laughs> that's a nice debate. So to be honest, I loved it. Um, I loved it for three reasons. Reason number one. And I'm sorry for all of you that don't like it, but I have really hard time to judge work of people in an absolute way because it was an impossible task to end so many narratives without the help of the author. So we need to judge them on the fact that they have this constraint, they did things, and you know, they are commented by all these people that never do things in their life. It's so annoying for people that do things in their life to see people not doing anything to judge and come. So it's fine, it's part of the game. But because I'm on the creator side, because I help people creating things, I have a alter respect for creation. And that's why I love every movie. Because every movie is someone that created. There is a movie that I like more than others, I'm not lying. But still, I always find joy when someone tries to do something. And there's always something we can take from that. Then I think that they really, re like I read the book of Game of Thrones before knowing the TV show. Um, I was so excited when the TV show came because I loved the book. Sorry. I was so excited because, because of the TV show when I, I read the book, so I was excited when the TV show came. And I think that the way the, 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 the Night King die uh, in this very weird surprise with Arya, it's actually very Game of Thrones. Because this author is, is, has this thing that I love, is that 
you have chapter and chapter of preparation things. Yeah. And then it die in one line. Yeah, that's the problem, I think, no? No, it's not a problem. It's great because it's life. That's how it, you know, in life, you do a startup, you do a plan and things, blah, 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 blah. And then it die in one minute. And it failed for the most stupid reason you will never have expected. And that's life. God's love at all of us, but especially the people with a plan. And I think the screenwriter wanted to say thanks to him. Say, look, we understand your lesson. We understand that things can end up in an ex unexpected way. And then Daenerys going mad. I'm trying to have a really empathy for everyone that called his daughter Daenerys. <laughs> and, 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 so and, and, and now they, they have this... Fuck! They have, they have to explain to the children that they name them to a calice that is full of rage and horror and things like that. Power is only given to people that go down for it. And, and yeah, every king ends up mad. It's unnatural to have that much power. Cannot be calice and, and king of the Andals and... And, and hair of the first man as uh, a stone breaker and the chain broker and blah blah and then staying normal yeah it's, I think I think it's people, unnormal yeah people wanted that Hollywood ending now yeah. everyone is happy oh I think they wanted that everybody die do you think so? <laughs> I think I've, I've, I've <laughs> so I was happy I watched it I enjoyed it I was very happy Uh, moving on, uh, talking about power, would you ever um, consider joining the government? Or I don't know why people are fascinated by that. It's a question, you know, last time someone was like, oh, you know, if you're lucky, Macron will offer you to go to be a minister. I was like... Yeah, in the question, in parenthesis, it was maybe with Macron. I was like, why? I have, I have the family. I have joy and power and freedom and and when i dream about something it become real and i own my own destiny and i don't need each time i say something to have millions of fucking journalists that analyze what i say and and come and comments politics doesn't work and we live in a system that is horrible and and that's why i i have so much respect for macron because this guy can be on my side It can be like me, selfish, and, and I'm selfish. I don't care. Seriously, what, what do you want to help people? Like, all the, you know, I always meet these people that are like, I want to help others. I'm like, how, how do you do that? Because nobody wants to be helped. You, you, you do something and everybody goes after you. You say something and the mobs go after you. Fuck it. I mean, if all these people know better, they just should do it. And, and I'm happy that people like Macron a little bit higher than I am. But I want to be rich. I want to make money. I want to enjoy this money. Being rich is illegal in politics now. Like, if you, if you want to make money, if you go and, like, you know, people are like, oh, how much money you make a month, or blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we, when we had the yellow jacket in France, it was like a shame to make money. Ah, fuck you all, seriously. I mean, like, and the fact that people are so fascinated by politics make me really wonder what they think about what they do. Politics are humble servants. Mm. 
and humble servant of the democracy. And the democracy is one of the worst things to serve. And, and we should, this is why we should have much more respect for these people. Like, you agree with, like, I think Macron do things that are bad all the time. Like, I don't agree with half of what he's doing. But still, I'm not in his fucking place. I mean, we elect someone for values, and he tried to do his best, and his best is disappointing, because it's always disappointing. You run a fucking country. It's easy for me to not be disappointing. I run a 50 people. Like, how do you want to fail? You know, it's like, like you decide something, and people think, yeah, that's cool, you know? Macron, he say, he's like, he come and say, yeah, let's do that. No, why? No, I don't want to do that. And, and, and you know, and, and it's fine because people have the right to have opinion and, and it's part of the democratic process. But, but this is why I think we put too much responsibility. It's something impossible. The government should run the street, the security, even the school, I'm not sure. And, and it should assure the safety net of all that if something really bad happens in your life, you don't die because you need to go to the hospital and you don't have money, or you don't die because you are in the street without, without a house. But outside these basic things, we should let it free because, because everyone has his own thing and his own system and things like that. And inequality is natural. I mean, everybody talking about equality disgusts me. Inequality is around us all the time. I mean, look, uh, uh, you are tall and slim and beautiful. Uh, I'm fat, okay? It's like, that's inequal. We don't have, I'm, sh I'm sure you eat, you eat more than me. <laughs> more than fuckers. Most probably. <laughs> Most probably. So, like, what do I do? I do a tax where I take some of my fat and put into you because it's unfair. That doesn't make sense. The question is not that some people make more money than others. There's millions of people making more money than me. The question is, do we really need money to access basic dignity? And of course, some people take more risk, they make more. Some people let, take less risk, they make less. That's fine. What we should go after is all the rent secure, because all these people making money without any work and without any risk, that's unacceptable. And we should go around ab against all these people that, that want a society where, where you need money for basic things. You should not need, like, we don't need money to breathe. And society should assure a safety net that is really fine. But outside that, seriously, do we really need that Macron decide in which company he should invest? The French should invest. Why the French government invest money? It doesn't make sense. Do we really need that the government decide what is hard and what is not hard? And then <clears throat> do we need to have so many labor law that apply to so many cases? It doesn't make sense. I, I think we need more freedom in this country. Mm, maybe there is a problem of uh, bureaucracy in, in yeah, countries but, like France. because bureaucracy is just the children of the lack of freedom. You don't have bureaucracy when you have freedom. So freedom is more important than fighting bureaucracy. Because if you fight f bureaucracy without freedom, you never fight it. Yeah. And again, the freedom is about accepting that the state cannot do miracles. The fact that someone like me is never going to do politics, I don't know why it's surprising. I mean, I have a, I, I, I have a company in Hong Kong and, and we do a fund in Cayman and things like that. I mean, look, we will go in the press and be like, ah, you know, I don't know what. 
We are an international company running an international business. I live in London. I'm very happy in London. Uh, I love this pragmatic British society with or without Brexit. And I love to come in France and I love to go in Germany, a little less. And, <laughs> and I love to go to Belgium. Belgium, I love you guys. Really? Yeah, the Belgium is, man, we have to go together. We will see. It's, it's incredible. And so, so yeah, so, so I want to, I don't want to be attached to France. I don't feel that French. And, 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 you know, I like to say that my mind is American, my heart is French, and my belly is Japanese. <laughs> but I'm a complex person, and I want to stay that. If you want to be a politician in France and be a minister, it's, it's so narrow, it's so small. So, so small. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe the person that was asking this maybe was thinking that you had something, a mission that you wanted to carry or maybe that one day you, you would like to go into, the, in, into government no. to help that develop, maybe, I don't know. Something. My mission is to help entrepreneurs become really, really successful because there is nothing that provides me more joy than going from something I imagine to something real. And that's what entrepreneurs are doing every day here. They are transforming the world Sometime for better, sometime not. Because you can never know before transformation how it goes. They try their best to be good people, but what really matters is that we are moving. And I want to help them move. And I want to help them successful. And politics cannot do that. Politics is, should, be, uh, should be left to people that really have this sense of self-sacrifice and self-importance. To be honest, I don't know why Macron is president. Uh, you want a very funny story? Yeah. During the yellow jacket crisis, when France was burning because all these minions were like, they look like minions, by the way. They were in the street and burning everything. Um, I had a dream where it was so real that when I wake up, you know, I was like, it's a dream or is it really something that happened? And so I dreamed that Macron resigned and, and went to London, opened an investment bank, and he was sending every month his, his money bank account on Instagram, a screenshot every month of the money he was making in London with a middle finger. <laughs> and, and there were big crises in France. And, and, and yeah, I'm thankful he did not. I, I'm thankful we have a guy that wake up every morning and work really hard so everybody can insult him. Yeah, it's not, it's not an easy job. Huh? No. Um, so what, another question is, uh, what has been the, the biggest renouncement that you've made in the past five years? The biggest renouncement? Something you really wanted to do, but you decided not to for... Ah, so much. Uh, Maybe the one that struck you the most? Uh, the one that, that I, I really, but it's fine, but yeah, it's kind of a constant renouncement. Uh, in my previous life, I was traveling a lot and enjoying travel. And, and now the only reason I travel is for work. And traveling for work is very different than traveling for pleasure. And I regret not having traveled more as a young person. 
Like one of the advice I give to every young person is travel as much as you can. Because then it's, of course I go in holiday, but it's not travel. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not, it's not when you have this free mind and you can go in a place and do something you did not expect to do and, and go to another. Which you know, place? Would you... Whatever, like I remember uh, I went to uh, um, um, Hong Kong and I met that guy and we took the plane together to Australia. And to, sorry, I said Australia, no, uh, Austria. And and in Austria, we, we, we kind of, he took a car and we did a road trip uh, for five weeks uh, where we enjoy so much and I never saw the guy again. But, but, but the fact that you can leave that because you are free and you have no obligation, like how do you want that I leave that now with the family? Mm-hmm. I will go two weeks in Hong Kong for work, I will pitch investor, it will be fine, I will have food and I will have some of the joy, but not the travel. Mm. The travel is impossible now. So my biggest renouncement is travel. If one day I stop the family uh, for any reason, the first thing I will do is to take two years off and travel again without a plan. Do you have any any country that you want particularly to go? Whatever. Go somewhere and travel from there. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, that's actually a nice... Travel is more important than the countries. That's true, that's true. There is a, the um, Trans-Siberian, that's a, such a lovely... Yeah, yeah. we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Um, what is the, the funniest failure that you, that you had? The funniest failure? Yeah, one that you... When you knew it was a failure, you were like, oh my God, that's hilarious. That's, how could that happen? So uh, there is one that is really, really funny. Uh, So um, in my previous company, we worked um, on a request for proposal. You know, so when big company wants to do a very big contract, put in competition, multiple company, it was a 15 million contract, uh, worked day and night uh, with the team at doing a perfect report, perfect page, blah, blah, blah. And I sent the wrong attachment. Oh. And, the attachment the I, and the attachment I sent was a funny document I did that was called everything you don't want to hear about your fucking request for proposal. <laughs> So basically, I w- it was like, like the same document, same cover, but instead of having the polite section, it was everything that was like, so you say that you want innovation, but actually you don't care. You don't <laughs> care. And we, you know, we did that document to have fun and because it was so boring to do this request. People pay 50 million for a report? No, no, it's not. The report was to gain the 15 million contract. That was three years of work, five million a year, uh, doing a big innovation project for a pharma, pharmacological company. And, and, and so everyone sent proposals that are between 100 page, 200 page. And it was like, when I realized two days later that I sent the wrong document, he made me laugh so much. I was like, this, I'm so stupid. I'm the worst. 
I'm the worst guy on earth, but it's funny. And so I told myself, okay, look, let's not lie. So I contacted the guy and I said, okay, you saw the document. You saw what I think about your request for proposal. That's the real document. Still, I think we are the best people to do it, even if we kind of insult your request for proposal. And the guy that was in charge called me and he was like, oh, thank you for the right document. I actually didn't see that it was a joke because I didn't have time to open it yet. <laughs> but now I open it and we laughed so much in the office. No worry, it's not a big deal. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, actually, uh, luck uh, comes with honesty, no? Luck comes with honesty, yeah. Mm. Uh, and there's one last question. Um, um, so it's a guy who wanted to know, um, I guess, a bit your opinion on, on Africa. His question was, when do you open in Africa? Never. <laughs> Why not? No, because, because we never have this kind of long-term plan. For example, I said that we are never going to open in Brussels. And we open in Brussels. Why? Because at that moment, it was never. But then something happened and it changed the reality. And so now it can happen. So the family in this version is never going to open in Africa. But maybe one day we will meet someone and open in Africa. But opening in Africa, the family is a driven business people. So it's a business driven by people. So one of my favorite expression with Matthias in our team is that Matthias pitched me idea all the time. And now I even have an A-text shortcut <laughs> that say, show me the man, I will show you the business. <laughs> yeah, we can have all the idea in the world, but what matter is who can do it. I'm not going to take the plan for Africa every week. Huh? Like I have a lot of things to do. So opening Africa will mean that we find uh, Alice or Nicola or Usama or something else that excite us and we want to work with him. And you cannot have a plan like that. It's like, you, like, like a plan that um, yesterday was very funny. I was in a restaurant with a friend and, and she loved the restaurant. And she told the waiter, oh, I want to marry here. And, and the waiter was like, oh, that's cool. When are you planning for the wedding? I don't know, it's not planned yet. Ah, but are you married? No. But do you have a boyfriend? No, actually, I'm single. <laughs> and then the waiter started to laugh. And he was like, so you are planning a wedding without a man, being single, not, wait, what the fuck are you? <laughs> and it was funny. That was funny. That was, that was a very funny moment. Because that's what people do in business. You know, they, they, they say, oh, I want to have a wedding here, but they don't have a boyfriend, they don't have a wedding, they, they don't have a marriage, so they just fantasize. Yeah, they're dreaming. Yeah. So I would say, go send him an email with what you want to plan to do in Africa, with what people, and yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Thank you guys, I hope you enjoyed that video and we are going to try to do this kind of exercise every two weeks, sometime in live, sometime recorded, sometime with your questions, sometime with our question. But what matters is that we really want to start a conversation. So follow us on every social network and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever is your jam, please follow me. 
And the other thing is that you can comment in this video about all the questions you wish that we answer. And you know what? Be crazy in the question. Ask me anything. You can even ask us very intimate things. We are going to be genuine. We are going to be open because it's who we are. Thank you very much, guys.